Yes, what a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus, demons tremble. At the name of Jesus, sickness flees. At the name of Jesus, sin has to bow. At the name of Jesus, deliverance comes. At the name of Jesus, lives are turned around. What a powerful name it is. There's no other name. There's no other name that just to breathe this name that'll bring peace to a troubled soul. There's no other name. I, I've been at nights when anxiety, and at times in my life when anxiety would rise to the heights that it was unmanageable, and at the name of Jesus. I remember, what, what's her name, Martha Manuzzi or whatever her name. It was, she had a little song called Say the Name. And, and, and I remember a time in my life when, when, when just life's trials were so heavy, and when I couldn't sleep, I'd turn it on, and she would begin to sing Say the Name. And by the end of the song, at the name of Jesus. It wasn't, it wasn't Martha Manuzzi in a song. It was at the name of Jesus. What a power. Sing it again. What a powerful name it is. Sing it. What a powerful, powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, our King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand with this. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. It's what a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ. What a powerful name it is. Can stand against what a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What a powerful name. What a powerful name. It's been on my mind all week, so what we're going to preach on tonight is there is peace in Jesus in a troubled world today. All week long, those lyrics of that old Lanny Wolf tune would go through my mind when I would read what was going on while we were out and just... Really, it, it, it should be a time of anxiety, but I've got to tell you today, there is peace. Listen to me. There is peace in Jesus in a troubled world today. He hadn't changed. Hell hasn't gained any power on him. He's still the victor. He still wears the victor's crown. It's still, I'll say it this way, it is still finished. I was thinking, we were singing, the, the heavens are roaring, the, the veil tore before you. You know, when the, when, the, when, when, when the work was finished, the Bible says that the veil of the temple was rent, was torn from the top to the bottom. It was from God to man. It wasn't holding God in, it was keeping us out. 
But whenever the work was finished, he ripped the veil from top to bottom and let us in. And when he let us in, he gave us access to everything that the throne of God carries. It says, I can come boldly. I don't have to go through anyone. I don't have to beg my way in. I can come in because of the power of the name of Jesus, the finished work of the cross. Now I can walk in boldly to the throne of grace and obtain help, grace, and mercy in my time of trouble. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. We're going to look at Mark chapter 4 tonight. We're actually going to look at a little bit of this account in three Gospels. It'll be familiar to you. It's an account of when the, Jesus and the disciples were, he had just completed the Sermon on the Mount and he was crossing the Sea of Galilee over to the, uh, to the land of the Gadarenes uh, and a storm arose on the sea. We're all familiar with that account. Three of the Gospels address it, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And I want to look at just a few little nuances of each of the gospel writers. There's peace in Jesus in a troubled world today. In Mark's account, Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 35, it says, The same day when the evening came, he said to them, Let us go to the other side. Now, we all know we've heard this preached before. That should have been enough. When you've got the master of the wind that said, let us go to the other side, you're going to make it. And when they had sent the crowd away, they took him into the, in the, the boat just as he was. How else would he be? <laughs> you ever read that? And when they sent the crowd away, they took him in the boat just as he was. How else would he be? He's Jesus. There were also, and I want, this is what I want you to notice about this account. This is the reason I'm using Mark's account. There were also other little boats with him. That's important. We're going to look at it here in just a moment. There were also other little boats with him. And a great wind arose, and the waves splashed to the boat so that, there, so that it was now filling the boat. And he was in the stern asleep on a pillow, and he woke and said, and they woke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Think about the accusation of that statement. <laughs> do you not care that we are perishing? And he arose, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased. And Brother Dale, it wasn't just a calm. The Bible says there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? I believe he would say to the church today, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared greatly and said one to another, what kind of man is he that even the wind and the sea obey him? 
There's peace in Jesus in a troubled world today. Let's turn to Matthew. Chapter 8. And I just want to notice Matthew's account leading up to this storm. Would that be all right? Matthew chapter 8, verse 18. Now when Jesus saw large crowds around him, he gave a command to depart to the other side. Then a certain scribe came and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Hmm. This is one of those places you can say that talk is cheap. He's just heard the Sermon on the Mount. He's, 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 he's seeing the great teacher. And now he's telling the people to go away. And he says, this is a scribe. This is among the religious sect. He says, teacher, I'll go with you wherever you go. Jesus replied, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Hmm. That's kind of an odd answer, isn't it? Another, another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their dead. Then he entered the boat and said, and, and his disciples followed him. So after the Sermon on the Mount, you've got one of the religious sects says, man, I'll go with you wherever you go. He says, you, you can go with me where you, wherever I go, but let me tell you, there is, uh, the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. You still with me? Another one said, I want to follow you, but I got a few things to tie up before I do. Jesus said, follow me. The time is now. Let the dead bury their dead. If you're going with me, I'm, he said, if you're going with me, I'm getting the boat. I'm leaving right now. Let's turn to Luke. Chapter 8, I think. Yes. Luke chapter 8. Let's begin in verse 19 here. Are you there? Then his mother, oh, <laughs> Whew. these gospels, they, they, cover, they covered every side. Now mama's involved. Said, then his mother and his brothers came to him, but could not reach him because of the crowd. Someone told him, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. He answered them and said, My mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God and do it. One day he went out to the boat with his disciples and said to them, Let us go to the other side. Hmm. There is peace in Jesus in a troubled world today. He's just completed the most extraordinary message that's ever been given to mankind in the Sermon on the Mount. He's given every detail that you would need to live life is contained in that sermon. 
You could, you could function in Jesus Christ just by going through the message of the Sermon on the Mount and learning how to live by what he had to say. His message had drawn the great swelling crowds, but whenever it came time for him to separate, people began to want to follow and hang on, but he began immediately to describe the consequences of what it would cost to follow. I noticed in one of the accounts, I believe it's in Luke's account, that when it talked about when they got into the boat, it says suddenly a great storm came down on them. It's the only one that describes it that way. And I started studying a little bit to find out what it would be about the storm coming down on them. And Bible scholars are pretty much in agreement everywhere that the storm that they stepped into between the Sermon on the Mount and the crowds and the demoniac at the Gadarenes was, was, a, was a, a demonic attack on the Son of Man and his disciples as they were coming across the lake. I've always found it interesting. Let me just ponder just a second. Have you, have you ever noticed, I noticed the uniqueness of the Gospels. And one of the things that I've always noticed, Brother Scott, when I read Mark's account of the Gospel, was that everywhere Jesus went, the demons recognized him first. Go read it. You'll, you'll start noticing it. There, before the religious people knew who he was, before anybody that came to follow him knew who he was, everywhere he went, the demons would begin to say, it's him. They would begin to call out to him, and he would tell them to be quiet. He, told, he would tell them to shut up. When, when I want people to know who I am, I'll let them know. So demon, you be quiet. But I noticed that all three accounts, uh, when, when Jesus made it through the storm, when they, when they come across the lake, it says immediately they were met at the, sea, at the shore by the demoniac. The demons knew all about him. They knew there was a, a warfare going on between the word given and when they got into the boat, when people began to follow what am I talking about tonight? What do I want to get to here in just a moment? What I'm talking about today is there is peace, but it's in Jesus. It's in a troubled world today. Listen, we live in a troubled world. We all know that. And when is the time when you read through, when you read through all the accounts, we know, we've read it, we know that they're heading into a storm. They didn't. What I want you to begin to realize is following Jesus will, will you, means you follow him wherever he goes. And sometimes it's immediately and straight into the storm. But I want to ask you tonight, where is the best place in the world you could be in any situation? It's with the man who has all authority. It's the man that when he speaks, the winds and the waves obey his voice. They, they had heard him teach. They had begun to see miracles. But they were blown away whenever he spoke to the wind and the rain. They said, what manner of man is this? What are we dealing with? Who are we dealing with that when he speaks, the storms cease? There's a great When the crowds were big, even the religious folks wanted to follow. I'll go with you. 
wherever you go. You can go with me, but it's going to cost you, he says. He said, even among uh, another one, he says, well, I, I, I want to go, but let me get my, all my stuff together. I got, my dad died, and I've got to go bury. Let the dead bury the dead. Follow me. When is the time to follow? The time to follow is now. Not when you get all your affairs in order. Not whenever you've made enough money that you can, that you can, that you can sustain yourself. He said, the foxes have their holes. The, the birds have a nest. The son of man doesn't even have a pillow. It's going to cost you. Are you ready? He said, when I get it all together, I'm in. Your mother and your brother are here. Your family's around you. They want to see you. My brother and my mother is the ones that hear me and obey me. All of this is preceding the storm. All of this is a setup. When you get in, when you get in the boat, you're headed into it. Listen, I know that Jesus had every confidence when he said, get in the boat, we're going to the other side. He, would you agree that he's our example? He's not only our example. He, I don't even know if there's words to describe what he is to our life if, if you're a believer. I, I'm just going to take a little time here and, and tell you something. I'm starting to struggle with just the casual, common terms of being a Christian. I know what people mean, and it's not wrong. I'm not saying anything like that. But you know, you, when, you, when you look at the Word of God, there's only a couple of places that we were called Christians, and both times they were mocking us. I know what it means to be a Christian. Don't hear me wrong. But I'm talking, or a believer. Now, we're, we're certainly commanded to be a believer. The Bible says, though, that even the devils believe and tremble what we're really called to is to be a follower people of the way that we were called before they began to call us Christians at Antioch that we are supposed what did he say to every disciple as, as his ministry began? And he would be walking along the seashore and he, and he would walk up on a fisherman and he would say follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me. He says, I'll follow you wherever you go. It's going to cost you. But follow me. If any man come after me, let him first deny himself, take up his cross, and what? What's the command from the, from him, from the man himself? If any man come after me, let him first deny himself. Take up his cross, that means something's got to die. And follow me. What does it mean to follow him? Because see, Jesus goes into situations that me and you wouldn't go into. You and I would have watched, we would have watched Greg Bostwick and seen what the weather report was going to be tonight before we got on that boat and started out in the nighttime across the lake. Jesus just said, get in, we're going to the other side. Now think about what I'm telling you. I, 
I struggle over messages. I struggle over the, over the time that we live in. I, I struggle over what to say and whether people feel like they're just, they're just being hammered. But whenever I know that we, where we're at, there's no avoiding where we're at. And to be preaching anything other than what is true and what is happening right now in my world is malfeasance. It's dereliction of duty. It's AWOL. But I came to tell you, in spite of everything that you can plainly see is going on, whether you want to admit it or not, what I came to tell you tonight is there is peace in Jesus in a troubled world today. In Mark's account, he said when he got into the boat, he said there were other little boats with them. I believe those little boats are important or they would never have been mentioned. Because I'm going to tell you, there are people surrounding your life and your walk with Jesus. And they are headed into the same storm that you are, but they don't have the master in the boat. He was in one boat. But there were other little boats. But they all got caught in the same storm, I promise you. They were just following from a little bit of distance. They didn't have the master of the wind in the boat with them. Right now, in this troubled world that we're in, there are lots of people around us that are in their, that are in their little world, that are surrounding your little world, but they don't have what you have. They don't, they don't have the benefit of the creator of the universe in their life. Maybe they have a religious dogma, or maybe they, maybe they have a, 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 some idea maybe of, of Christianity, but they don't know that you can be religious all day long and not know Jesus. little boats church I'm watching there's there's some few things I want you to understand and Jesus was talking about here also see he went in to the storm immediately laid down and rested even when the waves when the wind was howling and the breakers were dashing, and the waves were breaking, and the boat, it says that, that the storm beat against the boat, and the, and the water began to come in. Where do you find him still? Sleep. If I read, my, if I read the accounts right, they had to wake him up. Because here's what I want you to know about some things. I said it a few weeks ago, I, I still believe it as sure as I'm standing here that we're as close to collapse today than we've ever been. I told you we're as close as Enron was in December of 2001. We're as close as Lehman Brothers was in, in, in 2008. That we're, that we're closer to disaster in the United States today than we ever were on September 11th of, of 2001. I, I believe that, that and, and I don't like that. 
I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say those things. I don't want to believe those things. But, our, but we're in a situation where our government, do y'all notice that our government's trying to spend trillions, trillions of dollars while the workforce is declining? How many, I'm not an economist. I'm sure y'all know that. I'm not an economist, but here's one thing I know, that you can't have, le- you can't have, you can't spend multiple times more while the people who pay the taxes are working less. You don't hear me. I don't know if, if why the alarms are not sounding more than they are because I, I don't get it. I, I think part of it is just we're Americans and we think that this thing can't fall. We think that we can produce so much and we have produced so much and the world just loves us so much that we can just spend all we want to spend and nothing's going to happen. That there, There's just no consequences to it. That Really, that there's just a big money machine somewhere I, I ran a, uh, that, that, that they can just print a coin. What did I read about a trillion-dollar coin the other day? That they can just print a coin and everything's going to be all right. I got news for you. It's not going to be all right. It's not going to be all right. I'm not bringing gloom and doom. I'm telling you that there's peace in Jesus in a troubled world today. I'm telling you that there's other little boats all around you, but you have the one that commands the wind and the waves in your boat, and people are watching that. I can't even, her name's not even worth remembering. The one from Michigan. One of the squad. Not the... Not AOC and not one of the, it's not even worth remembering their names. Saying that they caught on camera. Talking about the only reason we're wearing all these masks is because there's there's Republican operatives here that's going to see it. Did y'all see that? And yet nobody's still willing to stand up and say enough is enough. Listen, we're not in denial. I want you to understand something about where, that where we have to be. We have to say whatever things are true. We have to deal with what's true. Today, just this week, the United States of America surpassed the death toll from the Spanish flu. We are now dealing with the worst public health crisis in human history. That's true. Be willing to admit what's true. Be willing to, it's true. But in the middle of all that, we're in the storm. In the middle of all the manipulators and the, and the, and the, and the controllers and the, and the takeovers, they're, they're, they're taking advantage of what's true for their own agenda. Oh, I started to write a laundry list of just the things from the last two weeks that just that that that, the, you know, that we should just be standing up, ready to take up arms over. But I'm sure you're able to watch the news the same as I am. By the way, you need at least six sources. You're not going to know what's going on. I'll meddle just a minute. I'm going to tell you that Newsmax is not going to do it. Fox News is not enough. Drudge Report's not going to get it for you. CNN, who? 
Daily Caller, Daily Mail, Jerusalem Post, New York Times, Wall Street Journal. You need at least six of those in combination to even have any idea of what's really going on because they're telling you what they want you to know and every one of them has a different want you to know. Do you realize that? That they're only telling you what they want you to know and every one of them has a, has a different want you to know. Everybody has their own agenda. It would be a scary world, Andrea. And it is a troubled world today. But there's peace only in one place in a troubled world today. Follow me. Everybody wants to be a Christian. You've seen the little Facebook meme. Everybody wants to be a Christian until it gets all biblical. Son of man, foxes have holes. Birds have nests. But the son of man doesn't have a pillow to lay his head on. I want to follow you, but I got to get everything in order. Let the dead, what a statement. But I don't even think we would recognize Jesus if, if we just went, if we just started digging the Jesus that's presented today. Because, see, I think we would say that that's not very Christ-like. Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead. Well, that's not very Christ-like. Don't we have funny ideas of what, what, who Jesus was? There's no better time to follow him. In spite of everything that's going on, because I, I, I promise you, I keep repeating it. I keep saying it. I keep stating it because I can't, because he won't take, let me get away from it. Uh, there, there, there's there, the cost of Christianity is going up exponentially by the week, by the month, by it's going it's climbing, 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 climbing. The the real cost, the true cost. The the I started telling churches about two years ago, two and a half before I even got here really, that the time was coming that your values were going to cost you your job. And now and people didn't believe me back then, they would just look at me with their eyes glazed over and thought, and I knew you could see it in their face. Oh, Pastor. And now is it hard at all to believe that there's any conditions that will not cost you your job? Now it's openly on display. If you don't comply, right now it's a shot. Who knows what it is next? If you don't comply, you don't work. What kind of crisis are we in that it's the largest health crisis in human history that we can afford to fire our healthcare workers over an agenda. How does that work? When lawlessness is beginning to take over in the streets all over America, but we but we can but we can but we can fire our law enforcement officers because they won't comply with the agenda. What kind of situation is it when we have a crisis at the southern border when, 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 when the Chinese are, are, are threatening, by the way, why did they have not have to pay for what's done? Let's just, I'll let's just stick that in there right now because i got to tell you, Donald Trump didn't cause this, and, I, I, and as much as it, it's, it's just true, Joe Biden didn't cause this either. 
They're taking advantage of it, but Donald Trump didn't cause the, COVID, the, the coronavirus. Donald Trump didn't cause the coronavirus. I'm telling you, sure as I stand here, you can call me anything you want to. You can say anything you want to. You can do whatever you want to say. The Chinese government caused the coronavirus, and they done it on purpose. They're, they don't care how they, they would like to eliminate half of their population. They don't care how much it costs them to dominate the world, to have the power. This is a power play. There is peace in Jesus in a troubled world today. Being in denial about the trouble does not change the trouble. They could have got out there in their word of faith boat on that sea and said and denied that there was that there was even a storm. I can't, there's no there's no storm out here. That's a negative confession. There's not a storm out here. There's there's just uh, symptoms of wind. That's not faith. That's a lie. I'm talking to the church tonight. I'm talking about there's peace in Jesus in a trouble. The peace is going to come when you're with the one who controls it all. Not when you're in denial. Not when you refuse to see what's happening. Not when you, not when you can't admit what's going on around you. They, can, they, they even admitted they were, we're afraid. Jesus wasn't afraid. The people were afraid. And I noticed something. He did have something to say about, but I, and it was, it was, uh, was it a rebuke? Because he rebuked the wind. Was it a rebuke when he turned to him and said, "Where's your faith?" Or was it a challenge? Peace, be still. I marveled. I said, where's your faith? What he was saying was, you still haven't realized who I am. You still haven't realized that if I give the word, then you can say amen, so be it. You, you still haven't realized that no matter what comes against you, whenever you have me, Whenever, I, whenever I'm with you and with, you're with me. See, they were worrying about, they were worrying about back on the shore burying their dead and getting their affairs in order. But whenever, the, but whenever all hell came loose on the people in the boats, they just had him. And whatever came against them, he just spoke against it. Where was the best place to be? Back home trying to get it all right so I can, I'll, I'll take the next boat tomorrow. No, the time is now. Church, I'm telling you, we are, I, I, I can't quit telling you, we are headed into the storm. And the time is now to be in the boat. The time is now to know that he's not worried, he's not concerned. There is no anxiety in heaven tonight wondering how they're going to handle this one. The best place that you can be is with him and in the center of his will, going wherever he goes. Because, see, it was demonic attack that came against them on their way to the other side. And it's going to be and is demonic attack that is coming against us now. And the place to be is with him. 
The place to be is at rest in Him. The place to be is no matter what, come what may, is to know who He is and who He is to you and what it means to follow Him. Sometimes following Him you're gonna, is going to be straight into the storm. Think about that. The command in all the Gospels was follow me. The, the one that's my mother, the one that's my brother, is the one that, to hear what I say and do it. Get in the boat. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Where's the place to be? There's no doubt in my mind that the little boats got the benefit of being close. Think about it. Mark says there were other little boats that went with them. They were caught in the same storm, but they didn't have it. They didn't have the master in their boat. There's people, listen to me, that when the storms come, think about it. Stop and think. Slow down. Then when all hell breaks loose, and it's going to happen. I'm, I'm not a prophet or the son of a prophet, but I've... <laughs> eyes to see. It's going to happen. And you following, you being in the boat, you being, being willing to follow Jesus into the storm, and be, there's going to be people in your proximity that, that your life and your example and your following is going to be what saves them. It's what's going to get... See, I don't know what happened with the people in their little boats because the Bible doesn't say, but I know that they, that, they, that they were in the same storm and I know that they got the same calm. And it was because they were in proximity to the ones that were in the boat. And there's going to be people in this coming time that we, or the time that we're in that, that they're going to make it because they see you. And because they're near to you, because you're in, because you followed him, because you're with him, because you're walking with him, because you followed him, because you laid aside everything that you needed to get done, because you you wasn't trying to get your house in order, you wasn't trying to figure out how much how much you could have accumulated before before you head out, you wasn't trying to figure out how to stay family. You just whatever he says, do it. Whatever he says, go, you go. And then when they're in the same proximity, they're going to see the. You know what they saw? They saw the one that you serve stand and say, peace be still, and boom. They got to witness it. Bible doesn't tell us what happened from here on out, but I can tell you there was a mention of the other little boats for a reason. And I can tell you that the other little boats, that, that their survival depended on the ones that followed him. There are people that are surrounding you that their very survival is going to depend on what you do. You ain't listening. Your family, your 
friends, your co-workers, that maybe they hear you talking. Maybe they've heard you talk about your crazy preacher. Maybe they've heard you talk about the, the, the stuff that goes on at your church. Maybe you've heard you talk about the things that you believe. And they're kind of standoffish. They kind of, maybe they're even making fun of you. Maybe they're a scoffer that when the storm comes, they'll see the peace that comes from your life because there's peace in Jesus in a troubled world today. That they're going to see what's, what you have and it's the only thing that's going to bring them through and give them a chance. I'm continuing. I'm just as blown away what I see as you are. I mean, I'm blown away. It it just blows my mind from day to day to day what what we are letting people get away with. Say, preacher, here, I've been kind of scratching my head on this one too, so I'll help you. Because some of you say, well, what do we do? It's real easy to define the problem. It's a a little bit different situation to define the solution. What do we do? Well, first of all, and and it's not a cop-out because I'm going to follow it up in just a second. The first thing thing we got to do is we got to pray like we've never prayed before. I don't mean now I lay me down to sleep. Lord, take care of all this. You've seen the list on the wall. As one lady one time talked about, she, she was tired. She had wrote it all down. She just said, Lord, you know the list. That's not praying. And I'm going to tell you something else. that it's not, it's not praying if you don't believe it. You ain't hearing that. Because when we ask, because most of what we do with God is just a laundry list of, of what we would like to have. Hello? Hey, and ain't nothing wrong with telling God what you'd like to have, but I, we ought to probably go with what nevertheless, not my will. <laughs> there needs to be an intercession, an outcry like never before for the people, for the country, for the world the church pray and when you ask believe what in the world good does it do to to lay all this out there if you don't even believe it that's not faith that's not faith that's not faith when I pray believing that I have what I ask for when I pray and when I listen, because see, part of praying is listening. Hello. We'll take, we'll take a sidetrack here for just a second. Praying is not, I need this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and you know about this, and we're, we're praying for this one and that one, and, and, and I need answers and this. Amen. See you later. Prayer, yeah, petition's part of it, intercession's part of it, that's all part of it. But you know what one of the biggest parts of prayer is? It's to hang out in His presence. It's to shut the door somewhere. Get alone. Tell God what's on your heart, what's on your mind, and all of that. But then just sit in His presence. Because when you sit in his presence is when he's going to talk to you. And I can say without any shadow of a doubt, without second guessing at all, what he has to say 
is way more important than, than anything me or you have to say. His side, see, that we, the, the side we skip. We present everything to him and get up and walk off. The side we skip, the, the side about being in his presence. Listen, he, he just wants to be with you. And in his presence, is where the answers come. Where the commissions are given. When the direction is laid out. All of those things happen in his presence. And we skip it. We need to be praying like never before. I'm challenging me like never before. I had even dropped, not a drop in the bucket have I ever even touched. Man, I was, I was on the flights home. I was listening to Leonard Ravenhill's Wild Revival Terry's in my ears. And it challenged me to the core of my being. I thought, man, I, I, I hadn't even scratched the surface of where some of these men of God have been. My life, is, my life is not my own. See, we're trying to build everything up and, and add God to our box and get everything the way we want it. And when our life, my life is not my own. It belongs to Him. I don't, I'm not try, I've got to get out of the mindset where I'm including, including God in my life where, where God is my life. And He says what comes and what goes. You know how many of us need to get to that point that he says what comes and what goes? Every one of us. And you know what we ought to under, what else we've got to understand? That God will remove things from our life that that's not even, it's not even sin. You don't understand. Here it, he told the Hebrews 12, he says, now there, therefore let us lay aside every sin or let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily does beset us. Not everything that we need to lay aside is sin. Some things are just weight. You say, you say well, there you go. That's why people don't want to follow God. They have to give up everything. No, you don't have to give up everything. He knows what you have need of. Didn't he even say that? He says, before you even ask, your father knows what you have need of. He said, who, who, what, what earthly father, what good father, if you, if you ask for bread, would give him a stone. If you ask for an egg, would give you a scorpion. He said, hey, how much more? How much more? He, your father knows what you have need of. There's a time to pray, but church, I'm wrapping up. Listen to me. And there's coming a time to act. Say, when will that? You know what? I'm not trying to be mystical or over anything. I'm just telling you what the Word of God says. Jesus said, when they asked him, he said, I don't do anything unless I hear my Father. I don't do anything unless I see my Father do it. The time to act will be when he makes it clear. You're not hearing. But when the time to act comes, 
The time to make up your mind if you're going to act is not then. The time to make up your mind if you're going to act is now. I always use it this way. See, I've made up my mind already that I'm going to have integrity. I don't have to wonder in the situation what to do. When, you, when, you decide, when you've made up your mind who you are, that you're going to act with character, that you're going to act with integrity. That whenever the cashier gives me $100 too much change, I don't have to sit and wonder what I'll do. I know right now, I've made up my mind right now, I don't care if that $100 is the grocery money this week or if that $100 is making up the house payment, that $100 is making up the car payment. It wasn't a blessing from God that somebody made a mistake and it's going to cost them something. See, I'm talking, you hear what I'm saying? The time, the time to decide is now. I've decided already. I remember one time we were still living in Arkansas. It was Christmas season. I hated Cersei Walmart. I hated Cersei Walmart every day, but much less Christmas season. It was hard to get in and out of that place. The lines were forever long. We'd been and bought everything, and there were two stinking cases of bottled water on the bottom of our cart that somehow the cashier missed, and somehow we let her miss, and got out there and realized that we hadn't paid for them. And, you're, you're, you know, you're talking $4 a case here, and you've just spent $400 on Christmas dinner, and you're looking at that door thinking, it was never a question that I've got to pick this junk back up, walk back into that mess, Get back in that line and pay for those two cases of water. Why? Because I know who I am in advance. That's what I'm telling you tonight, church. We got to know who we are. The time we're in a time, really, uh, that we should be having. We should be calling solemn assemblies, really. We should be praying and we should be fasting like never before. We are literally, I am, I'm not trying to scare anybody, not trying to stir you up. I'm telling you there's peace in Jesus in a troubled world today. I'm trying to teach you that, there's, that when you're in the storm with him, it doesn't matter what happens, that he's in control of it, and you can go sleep with him in the bottom of the boat. But I'm also here to tell you that, you're not, that we're in a position to not even recognize our country and our lifestyle. To not even reckon, to, for it to be completely unrecognizable. So I've got to make up my mind right now who I am and who he is and act accordingly. Amen.